0: Q and Review, celebrating 40 years of audio production, welcomes you to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, recorded from our studio in the Bishop Bragg's Media Centre and by our volunteers working from home. Keep up to date with Q and Review news via our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at Cue and Review that's at sign C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W or get in touch with us directly by emailing information at That's I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at sign C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M Or by calling 0141 772 3976 Please like and share our podcast and give us constructive feedback.
1: Evening Times Sport August 1 John Kennedy on staying at Celtic Report by Aidan Smith John Kennedy has opened up on his decision to stay at Celtic instead of opting to join Ange Postikoglu at Tottenham Hotspur. Kennedy had the chance to move down south to the Premier League with the Aussie, but instead he opted to stay in Glasgow with new boss Brendan Rodgers. The pair worked alongside each other during Rodgers' first stint as manager at Celtic, and the strong relationship then helped Kennedy make up his mind this time around. He told Sky Sports, When I was first team coach under Rodgers, we had a very fluid relationship. In his time away, we always kept in touch, meeting for dinner and having discussions. It's good to have him back, and I have a good relationship with him. Hopefully that bodes well. The summer was interesting. Obviously, Ange decided to move on to Spurs. I've been there a few times when managers have changed. There's the uncertainty. You never know what's around the corner, or if the club are in discussions with other people. I was in close contact with Ange, and there were different possibilities. But Brendan was coming back to Celtic, the club, and Brendan wanted me to stay and be part of this going forward. Being part of this club is a great privilege. I know what it's all about here, and I've got a good understanding of it, and I know the players and Brendan really well. And that was a big pull in terms of sticking around and being part of that. I know how Brendan works, the level of his work, so it's great to still be here. There were possibilities. You can never look back on it and say that would never have happened. The way things worked out, it wasn't to be. The club got Brendan back in quickly, and to get someone of his calibre was good by the club. On posticoglu, Kennedy admitted, I learned a lot from him. He has a different style to Brendan. And he's very successful in the way he does that. And he's a very humble guy. I've kept in touch and spoke through the pre-season. See how things are going at both ends. I am pretty sure he'll do a fantastic job down there because he's a terrific manager and he knows what he wants. I'm pretty sure the Spurs fans in the club will learn very quickly how he likes to operate and they'll see a different team down there. Report by Edwin Smith Evening Times Sport August 1 Norocchi provides Celtic injury update Report by David Irvin Make Norrocky has admitted it will take him a few weeks to be fully up to speed at Celtic. However, the summer signing has revealed he is ready to make his debut in James Forrest's testimonial tonight. The 22-year-old centre-back has been nursing an ankle injury, but insists he is set to feature against Atletica Bilbao at Celtic Park. Speaking to Sky Sports, Nauraki explained, I'm ready to play. It was better to stay one more day off than come back too early. It will not be easy to get into the team, but we will see what with the game tonight and then what will be on Saturday. Admitting it will take some extra time to be fully fit to perform at his best, Norrocky added, It will take a few weeks, but I hope it will be as fast as possible. But when I play, I have no excuses, no injuries. This will be my first game. Brendan Rogers has confirmed both Starfelt and Norrocky were nursing ankle knocks which kept him out of the match against Wolves in Dublin at the weekend. Yuki Kobayashi is also sidelined, and is expected to remain out for a few weeks after suffering an injury blow during the trip to Japan. Rogers had said, Carol twisted his ankle so he couldn't travel. Hopefully he'll be okay. Kobayashi will be out for a few weeks. He obviously got injured in one of the games in Japan. Make tweaked his ankle before he trained with us, but hopefully he'll be okay. Report by David Irvin Evening Times Sport August 1 Finn Russell tips Scotland stars to rise after Hog retirement. Report by David Barnes Finn Russell shrugs off the suggestion that Stuart Hogg's retirement will pile even more pressure on his own shoulders, with the same sort of nonchalance as he displays when nipping through half gaps with ball in hand on the rugby field. Quips the talismanic standoff. I think Duan van der Merwe scored that try against England. He's taken all the heat off. Hoggy was obviously very high profile, more so than me, and it is different without him in camp. But at the same time, it gives other boys the chance to step up, like Blair Kinghorn has done, putting that hand up to be the next guy in the full-back jersey. Dewan has made a great name for himself during the last couple of years with the Lions and in the most recent Six Nations, and wee Darcy Graham is back, scoring two tries at the weekend. So I wouldn't say it puts any more pressure on me. It just gives some of the other boys a chance to get some TV time. Russell does concede that the loss of a huge character who has monopolised the Scottish number 15 jersey when fit for over a decade is bound to change the dynamic within the group. But reasons that the key to moving on is to adapt the way things are done to suit the individuals who are still in the squad, rather than try to replicate the Hoytman's man's distinct playing style and personality. Says Russell, What Hoggy brought was just so much experience at the top level, so I was able to bounce questions off him, and we got on really well. It's obviously different having Blair Kingham or Ollie Smith playing there for us. But the way Blair has been training at fullback has been really good. When it's been me and Blair in the same team at training, we know he can step in and play 10 really well. So we've interacted really easily and chopped and changed who's at 10 all the time. Sometimes if he's in the wide rock, he might jump in at 10 in the next phase, which allows me to be a bit wider. So there's a bit more change there. And it's been great to see, because it's quite a new relationship between us as a 10 and 15. He's a big guy, really quick. He's been hitting the ball well. And he's got a lot of different attributes to Hoggy. We've obviously lost a lot of experience with Hoggy retiring. Looking at the back line now, Ben White at Scrum half has just a couple of caps. Sion Tupulotu is pretty new and Hugh Jones has only just come back in. But the relationships we all have with each other means we can bounce questions off each other. Whether you've had five games or 100, everyone is on the same level and have got their opinions, which is great to see. This will be with Russell's third World Cup. And while he is not viewing it as his last, neither does he want to return from France feeling that it is another opportunity missed following the contentious quarter-final defeat to Australia in 2015 and the pool stage collapse in 2019, after which he had a very public fallout with national team head coach Gregor Townsend, which meant he did not play in the 2020 Six Nations. That relationship is clearly in a much better place now. He says... There are quite a few of the boys who will be going to this World Cup who were also over in Japan. That was a really frustrating World Cup. We did not manage to perform at our best and did not get out of that group. That led into the next season and we all know what happened then. This group is very different. We're all having a lot of fun and training really well. The coaching has been very different between now and four years ago which I think is great. I'd say we're better prepared ahead of this World Cup than the last one, albeit we might have a tougher pool. The opening game against South Africa and Marseille will be massive. I've never played at that stadium, but I've heard it's amazing. In terms of the atmosphere, the hype around it, it'll be great. I just want to perform as well as I can. Before that, he must get through Scotland's warm-up schedule. He was not involved in last weekend's win over Italy, but is expected to play against France at Murrayfield this Saturday. Thereafter, there's an away game against France in San Etienne the following weekend. A rest week, the team's final pre-tournament hit out at home to Georgia on 26th of August. And he adds, It has been six or seven weeks I've not played for, so it would be good to get out there this weekend and get back to playing well as quickly as possible. I might play well straight away, I'm not sure, but after that many weeks off, it is very different going from training to a test match against the number two team in the world. I think these next three games will be very important for myself and the team to make sure we are in good condition as we can be going into the World Cup. Report by David Barnes Evening Times Sport August 1 Tributes after death of Celtic author and historian David Potter Report by Rebecca Newlands Tributes have been paid after the death of Celtic author and historian David Potter. He published over 60 books on football and cricket and wrote match programmes for clubs including Forth Athletic and Wraith Rowers. He died on Sunday at the age of 74. Celtic took to Twitter to pay tribute to him in a post which read Everyone at the club is saddened to hear of the passing of Celtic FC historian and author David Potter. Our thoughts and prayers are with David's family at this extremely sad time. Falkland Cricket Club also paid tribute to him when they wrote, Yesterday we lost Falkland Cricket Club family stalwart and an absolute gentleman, someone who had devoted an awful lot of time to our club over many years. Rest in peace, David Potter. Potter wrote extensively about Celtic during his career, the first being Our Boys Have Won the Cup, which was published in 1996, after the Hoops won the Scottish Cup for the 30th time. In 2004, he published a biography of Lisbon Lion, Bobby Murdoch. One person wrote in tribute, I met him a few times on Kirkcaldy Celtic supporters bus. A very, very nice man, a complete gentleman. May he rest in peace. Another said they loved his books, which were meticulous in their attention to detail and knowledge of background Scottish history. A third added, I never had the privilege of meeting David, but by all accounts, he was a wonderful person as well as a great Celt. May he rest in eternal peace. Sincere condolences to his friends and family. Report by Rebecca Newlands Evening Times Sport August 2 Jose Sefuentes expected to arrive in Glasgow Report by Ewan Peyton Jose Sefuentes is closing in on his move to Rangers. The daily record states that the midfielder will arrive in Glasgow today to finalise his switch from Los Angeles FC. The 24-year-old has already signed a pre-contract with the Light Blues. However, Michael Beale and the club want to make the deal happen earlier, with their preference to get it over the line this summer. The Ecuadorian is a long-term target of Rangers, and Beale has already expressed his delight at getting his man but it would seem they won't have much longer to wait, with the report claiming that a £1.2 million agreement has been reached with Los Angeles FC for the midfielder. It's believed that Gers Chiefs are getting ready to greet Sifuentes at Glasgow Airport, but he will not be included in the team for the Premiership opener at Kilmarnock on Saturday. Meanwhile, Alfredo Morelos has been branded a disgrace following his final season at Rangers. Chris Sutton has aimed a final dig at the former Gers striker. The Colombian bowed out of life at Ibrox and Scottish football with a whimper last term, having taken both by storm in the previous five seasons. The 27-year-old departed Rangers at the end of his contract in June. He has yet to find a new club and has been training alone this summer to keep up his fitness levels. Report by Ewan Peyton Evening Times Sport August 2 Chris Boyd brushes off criticism of Sky Sports coverage. Report by James Kearney Chris Boyd insists that Sky Sports broadcast deal with the Singe Premiership has been great for Scottish football, insisting that critics of the partnership don't have a clue what they're talking about. The broadcaster secured the rights to Scottish football's top flight in 2009 after Setanta Sports ran into financial difficulty and lost them, and has ploughed millions into the game since then. However, there has been criticism over the years for spending too much time focusing on Celtic and Rangers, while simultaneously not treating the cinch Premiership with the same level of care as the English Premier League, Sky Sports' jewel in the crown. Boyd, though, believes that Sky Sports deserve credit for putting their money where their mouth is and investing in Scottish football, And the former Rangers striker, who has worked as a pundit for the broadcaster for years, has little difficulty in brushing aside criticism of his employer. Said Boyd, I think it's people who quite clearly don't have a clue what they're talking about, if I'm being brutally honest. When you strip everything back, every media outlet that has worked in Scottish football has had the opportunity to put the money in to take over the rights. Sky are the ones who have actually done it, and they've done it over a number of years. If you go right back to the start, they bailed Scottish football out. I would love to see where the game would have been if it hadn't been for Sky after the whole Santanta thing in 2009. I think there are a lot of people who have a lot to say about Sky and the way they go about their business, and I switch off to it. Not just because I work for the company. Even when I was playing, it was always better televised, better prepped. Sky have been brilliant for Scottish football over a period of time. There are a lot of people who are fans of clubs who say they don't care about other teams outside Rangers and Celtic. But I think the other companies who had the opportunity to bid in the past were left to pick up those games because Sky had first picks. It's easy to develop the perception that the channel does not care. But what I will say is that we have a news channel which is on 24 hours a day. Are there mistakes? Of course there are. It's live TV. But I think there are people out there who can't be bothered with Sky and that's just what happens when you are at the top and when you are there at the top you are there to be fired at. Report by James Kearney Evening Times Sport August 2 Rogers in emotional Celtic felt like home admission Report by Liam Bryce Brendan Rogers admitted his return to Celtic Park felt like coming home, but insists he's ready to prove himself all over again. Celtic triumphed 3-2 over Athletic Club on an evening of tributes for James Forrest's testimonial, currently the joint third-most decorated player in the club's history. He was given a rapturous reception by a considerable Celtic Park crowd, of 43,447, who also rose as one to applaud Rogers on his first Parkhead outing since returning as manager. So, as well as being made up for Forrest, he confessed that being greeted with such warmth was an emotional moment for him. Said Rogers, Overall, I was really pleased for James. To win the game is nice for him on his testimonial game. The second half team was excellent, amazing. It feels like home. I've been fortunate enough in my career to manage some fantastic big clubs. There's nothing given me the feeling of being back here with people I regard as family and just being in the arena here. I'm looking forward to it. I guess I want to relish every second of it. Going away made me realize what I had. I was never sure if I would have that again. So, to be able to have it again, I want to enjoy it on the pitch with the players, the staff, and obviously the supporters. But for that, I need to prove myself and win again. Clearly, it always means a lot to get a good reception. My priority is to make a team here to continue with the standards that have been set over the last decade or so it is important that we are all together in order to achieve that the Celtic supporters are amazing they support their team and I think what makes this team is that they get behind their manager and we all go together from the weekend to push on it is very important for us to be together I think we have built it up really well the players did not have a long break but they have come back and we have worked our way through. We have put a lot of hard work into them. At times they've maybe looked a little bit leggy, but that's because it's pre-season and it's preparation. But as it's gone on, they've looked sharper and brighter. Come Saturday, when it matters, we will be ready for sure. With their Premiership title defence kicking off at home to Ross County on Saturday, Rogers welcomed Cameron Carter Vickers into his team for the first time since the centre-back's knee surgery. Anthony Ralston was also back in the fold, having missed every other pre-season outing to date. But he's unsure whether either player will be ready to start at the weekend. And Rogers said, We will see. We have to analyse that over the next couple of days. But it was great to have them back. He is a very important player for us. He got through the 90 minutes. Tony Ralston as well, coming back. It was great to have Tony on the pitch as well. Report by Liam Bryce. Evening Times Sport, August 2. Sorrell finally set to leave Celtic. Report by Mark Walker. Celtic forgotten man Ismaila Soro looks set to return to Israeli football this week with Beta Jerusalem and Hapoel Beersheba battling it out to sign the midfielder. The Ivory Coast International spent the season on loan in Portugal with top flight club Aruka, but has now returned to Parkhead. And has no future under Brendan Rodgers. Summer interest from Bordeaux and Panathinaikos came to nothing, but he's been handed a footballing lifeline by two clubs in Israel. Soro was signed by Celtic from Israeli outfit Bray Yehuda in 2020 for two million pound after spending two years in the country and both Beta Jerusalem and league runners-up Hapoel Bear Shiva have made inquiries to sign the 25-year-old. Sorrow still has a year left on his deal, and Celtic are weighing up whether to rip up his contract and allow him to leave for nothing, like fellow flop keeper Vasilis Barkas, who has now signed for Utrecht, or seek a modest transfer fee. He lost his place at Celtic under Ange Postecoglou, and last started a game in the dead-rubber Europa League match against Real Betis in December 2021. Evening Times Sport August 2 The Fixture Hidden Key Factor in Solving Football's On-Field Behaviour Problem Report by James Morgan You might have read a story during the rounds this morning about plans afoot in England to penalise players who surround referees to contest their decisions. We've got to fundamentally reset the behaviour of players and coaches from the top to the bottom of the game and give referees the best level of protection. Mark Bullingham The English FA chief executive is quoted as saying, referees are going to be far stricter in how they interpret things. For example, it will not be acceptable in any way for players to surround referees and that will lead to a yellow card straight away. The move has been made as part of a new charter governing players' behavior during matches, but which will also extend to punishments, for heinous acts such as tragedy chanting about time too. And what of Scotland? It is true that the feedback we get is that people are put off getting involved in refereeing because of the difficult circumstances that they face in terms of players' conduct towards referees. There is a danger that prospective referees may be put off because of what happens at the top level of the game. Now, I have no evidence or indication in Scotland that any of our Grade 1 officials are anything other than quite capable of taking on board the sort of situations that they are faced with on a weekly basis. But we would definitely like to see more fair play and respect towards the refereeing profession in the game of football in Scotland. No doubt, action will be forthcoming, but this is not some new statement of intent from the office of Crawford Allen, the head of referee operations, but rather an extract from an interview in 2005 given by the late David Taylor, once of the Scottish Football Association, but then a member of UEFA's control and disciplinary body. Alan would no doubt approve because the issue of respect in football has been something that has been of real concern for some time. The fixture has spent a good part of the past month watching a lot of grassroots football, and it is clear where the seeds are sown and that a good deal more could be done to prevent it. At the weekend, I took in the Glasgow City Cup at Glasgow Green It was a dank, dreary day, one for heavy rain jackets and sturdy umbrellas. Nevertheless, there was a cheer in the air, a youthful exuberance that is found at any of those events where young footballers, not long out of nappies, get an early taste of competitive action. Of course, where there are young footballers, there are also baying parents and there are unscrupulous coaches who are often more intent on winning matches than on developing footballers. Some may say winning and development go hand in glove, and they are probably correct. But the nuance is important, not at any cost. Of course, the vast majority of grassroots coaches are balanced, sentient individuals, but not all. This weekend, I heard one parent shout, Take him out to their son. On another occasion, I watched a young boy kick through the shin of another young boy. It took three appeals from the coach of the boy who had been fouled to earn a free kick, as his opposite number turned a blind eye. When the same young lad stepped up and smashed the ball into the net, a form of vindication for a frankly dreadful tackle, the coach of the offending team shouted with glee, no goal. You can't score from a free kick. It was a sudden and miraculous recall of the rule book, given the utter amnesia that had followed the foul, which had led to the set piece. So what is the correlation between respect and a Sunday morning tournament in Glasgow? Well, If the changes in England bring about the necessary effect, then it will be all well and good. One might be a by-product of the other, of course, but having witnessed some of the shenanigans at grassroots football matches over the years, and much more recently, it's fair to say that a good proportion of the problems pertaining to respect in football start in those earliest years, when bad behaviour is tolerated among players, coaches and professionals and not with the professionals of today. Report by James Morgan Evening Times Sport, August 2 Former Rangers player complete moves to England Report by Ewan Payton Two former Rangers kids have joined Derby County. Charlie Lindsay and Tony Weston have both completed their respective moves to the League One outfit. The pair left Ibrooks at the end of their contracts in June. They were tipped for big things at Rangers, but neither managed to make a breakthrough into the first team. But they have wasted little time in tying up their futures, with both players set to challenge for places in Derby's first-team squad in the season ahead as they aim to earn promotion to the Championship. However, the players, both 19, will initially play with the club's under-21s. Lindsay, a Northern Ireland youth international, joined Rangers from Glentoran in 2020, while Weston moved to Rangers from Blackpool the same year, with the Light Blues paying £250,000 to land the youngster. He made his one and only Rangers first team appearance in a 3-1 win over Hearts in May 2020. Weston has loans at Party Thistle and Cove Rangers last season, but did not score a single goal in his 31 appearances across both spells. Meanwhile, fashion Sakala could be Saudi Arabia-bound after all, according to a report. The Rangers striker initially rejected advances from the Middle East last week as he decided to focus on proving his worth at Ibrox. However, it's said that Saudi pro-league club al Fayha are persisting in their pursuit of the Zambian attacker. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport, August 3. Chris Hoy opens up about mental health while in Bishop Briggs. Report by Kirsty Fearick Sir Chris Hoy has opened up about his mental health while in Bishop Briggs to encourage others to do the same. The 47-year-old Olympian spoke out at the Hunters Hill Sports Hub while launching a groundbreaking four-year partnership between Scottish Association for Mental Health, SAMH, and Sport Scotland. The initiative hopes to help people feel the benefits of exercise to support their mental, social and physical health. The partnership aims to boost opportunities for people with poor mental health to participate in sport and physical activity supporting sporting communities to improve their mental health and to create inclusive, accessible environments. He said, We all feel that someone is in a worse situation, so we never want to complain about your situation. But we need to recognise mental health is a sliding scale. It is like physical health. It's not a binary thing that's good or bad. It can change hour to hour and daily. Personally, I've been very lucky. I've not had any major problems or issues, but I am well aware that there are times you need to talk about things that are making you feel down. If you are aware of it, I think that is half the battle and be able to talk about it and share it with the people around you. It will be the biggest cycling event in history. And is being hosted in the city, leaving Chris hoping that it motivates others to become more active. And that is the 2023 UCI Cycling World Championships, which are starting in Glasgow. The talented athlete is hoping the event will inspire people to get involved in the sport and use exercise to feel better. And he continued... Being active is a terrific way to help us stay both physically and mentally well. This partnership is about making sure we can all join in with sport and exercise so everyone has a chance to feel those benefits. SAMH and Sport Scotland are already working together to make a difference. And this new enhanced partnership aims to have a positive impact On even more people's lives. Shirley Ann Smith, a senior active schools and community sport coordinator, added, as a manager, the training SAMH have provided has given me an excellent base and made me more aware of the importance of the mental well-being of my staff. It's also supported us to hold true to the principles of being a person-centered, inclusive, and collaborative organization. An active school's coordinators recently reached out looking for help for one of their school's base coaches, and I was able to refer them back to the Having Mental Health Conversations training and toolkit, which then gave them confidence in opening a conversation and practical ways to best support the coach. This partnership helps spread the message of the huge benefits that physical activity can have on an individual's mental health. Making real and positive intentional changes through sport is so important. Report by Kirsty Fierick Evening Times Sport August 3 Turnbull given Celtic clean slate Report by Ewan Peyton Many thought David Turnbull would be on his way out of Celtic this summer. With a year left on his contract, the 24-year-old's future at Parkhead was certainly in doubt. The attacking midfielder found game time hard to come by under Ange Postacoglu last season. He was limited to substitute appearances from the bench, with the odd start thrown in here and there. But the arrival of Brendan Rodgers as manager has allowed Turnbull to remind everyone of his talents and what he offers to the Scottish champions. He was a bright light in the pre-season win over Athletic Bilbao on Tuesday night, even getting on the score sheet. Rodgers is a fan of the former Motherwell Starlet and is a big admirer of the tools in his locker. And he said, Excellent. He was very good. He's been good in pre-season. I really like him as a footballer. He's got tools. He's comfortable on the ball and can score goals. His efficiency is very good. He just needs to keep working and to keep on the move. It's always important with those players that they don't turn the engine off. And much like Turnbull, Rodgers insists all of his so-called fringe players at Celtic will be handed a clean slate. When he added, a lot of these guys I don't know, so for me there's a clean slate for them all. It's assessing over the course of pre-season what they've done in the past doesn't really matter. That includes the guys who have worked with me before. In order to have that hunger, there's how it has got to be. Report by Ewan Peyton Evening Times Sport August 3 Rangers' Captaincy Change Idea Floated Report by Ewan Peyton Michael Beale should consider changing the Rangers' Captaincy according to former Ibrooks player Bob Malcolm. James Tavani has been the skipper of the club since Lee Wallace's departure several years ago, but he's come in for some hefty criticism during that time from supporters. Connor Goldson is currently the vice-captain of the club and clearly has strong leadership qualities with his organisation at the back. Malcolm reckons the 30-year-old may be a more natural choice for the role, and told the Scottish Sun. Goldson is Rangers' best defender by a country mile. I know Tav leads the team out every week, but Goldson is the real skipper. He is the one who organises and does most of the talking. If Michael Beale made Goldson skipper, then it would maybe take the pressure off Tavernier. I know that would prove problematic and I don't think it will happen for a number of reasons. However, I generally believe it would help Rangers out defensively in the long term. Still, you shouldn't need to wear the armband to be a captain. At a club like Rangers, there should always be four or five on-field leaders. Goldson is the main one, and everybody looks a lot more comfortable when he is on the pitch. Of course he makes mistakes, as does any defender in the world but he makes fewer of them than any other centre-half at the club. The one thing I like about him is that it doesn't affect him if he does make an error. He has a strong enough mentality to shrug it off and just get on with the game, and I know that is a lot easier said than done. Report by Ewan Peyton. Evening Times Sport August 3 Rugby. Ewan Ashman handed Scotland's start. Report by David Barnes. With Jamie Ritchie's absence from the Scotland team to face France on Saturday enforced by injury, perhaps the most noteworthy selection call is at Hooker, where Ewan Ashman starts with Dave Cherry on the bench, while George Turner, first choice during the Six Nations, is not involved at all. Of course, this is a warm-up match, so we shouldn't read too much into it. But in all other positions, it looks very much like the side head coach Gregor Townsend would like to see face South Africa on September 10 in the opening round of the World Cup. Townsend, keeping his cards close to his chest, said, Ewan's getting an opportunity with a very strong team alongside him and I feel he has the attributes to start for us, and certainly be in the World Cup squad. He was involved in the last game of the Six Nations against Italy, and he has played in some big games, with his first game against Australia, and then in the third test in Argentina, where he was outstanding. In the last two months of last season, we saw him in his best form for sale, He had some niggles prior to the Six Nations, but he got over them and was really imposing himself in defence and at scrum time and also getting on the ball. He's one of our quickest and most powerful carriers. Only two other players in the training squad, apart from Richie, will not get a hit out in either of Scotland's first two World Cup warm-up matches. Adam Hastings is fit again after picking up a leg injury at the end of last season, but Townsend said he doesn't think the standoff is ready to play a test match, which leaves the 26-year-old short on time to stake his claim for selection for the 33-strong World Cup squad, which will be announced the week after Scotland's third warm-up match away to France on August 12th. Meanwhile, Kyle Rowe was a late call-up to the training squad for Rory McConaughey, having missed all of last season with a knee injury sustained on his Scottish debut last summer. Said Townsend, they are both available to play, but are they ready to go straight into a test match? We believe this weekend the answer is no. We will see what transpires next week as well. Report by David Barnes Evening Times Sport August 3 Rangers sent Champions League warning Report by Ewan Peyton Rangers have been sent a timely Champions League warning by Servette boss René Weller. The manager of the Swiss side insists his side caused an explosion by defeating Genk last night, to progress to the next round of qualifying. They will now, of course, face Michael Beale's team in a two-legged affair with the first to be played at Ibrox. Servette pulled off a shock to reach the third qualifying round of the UEFA competition, playing with ten men and securing a 3-3 draw on aggregate. Penalties decided the game, With the away team running out 4 1 winners over their Belgian hosts. They are looking to reach the group stages of the Champions League for the very first time. And Weller reckons his team has the fighting spirit to continue their journey, for he told Swiss outlet SRF My players have caused an explosion. In terms of intensity and teamwork, They delivered a top performance. They fought for each other. We are now at least certain of the group stage of the Europa League. That is extraordinary for us and for Swiss football. Mentally, it was also a top performance. They really deserved this qualification. Of course, you also have to be lucky. Rangers will provide a big hurdle in the next round, he admits. However, it's a huge bonus to have secured some form of group stage European football in the months ahead. And he added, we made several people very proud today. This victory was important for Swiss football. It's important that we can play in Europe, but those are always big hurdles. Report by Ewan Peyton, Evening Times Sport August 3. SFA appoint first dedicated VARs. Report by Ewan Payton. The Scottish FA have appointed their first dedicated video assistant referees ahead of the big premiership kick-off, with Scottish football truly back this weekend after the summer. The first top flight game will take place on Saturday at lunchtime at Celtic Park and the champions will host Ross County. Although the SPFL's action will officially get underway as takes on Dundee United tomorrow night in the championship. VAR, VAR was introduced to the Premiership in October last season, mid-season and it caused plenty of controversy throughout the remainder of the campaign. Now the SFA have announced they have appointed Andrew Dallas and Greg Aiken as the country's first solely dedicated VARs. The duo have more than 30 years of combined experience as match Day officials, but they will take a step back from the pitch, instead focusing their efforts on getting more decisions right in Clydesdale House. Gary Hilland, Andrew McWilliam and Graeme Leslie will also call time on their on-field duties to take up positions as the first dedicated assistant video assistant referees in Scotland. SFA head of referee Crawford Allen said, Andrew and Greg have significant experience officiating at the highest level, but have both shown a particular aptitude operating as VARs since its launch last year. With the new season upon us, it is important for us to continue to improve the VAR operation in all areas. So while the time on the pitch has come to an end, we are delighted that our match officials will continue to benefit from their vast experience. Crawford Allen added, throughout the past few years, as we began our journey towards implementing VAR in Scotland, we have engaged in knowledge exchange with other nations who have VAR in operation, and the creation of the VAR Independent Review Panel builds on best practice from other top nations in this area. Report by Ewan Peyton. Evening Times Sport, August 3, Olathabal named as 4th Vice-Captain for Ryder Cup, report by Martin McMillan. Europe Captain Luke Donald has named former skipper Jose Maria Olathabal as his 4th Vice-Captain for this year's Ryder Cup in Rome. Olathebal enjoyed a stellar playing career in the biennial contest against the United States before leading his side to victory in the famous Miracle at Medina in 2012. The 57-year-old won a total of 20.5 points in his seven appearances, with 12 of those coming from 15 matches in partnership with fellow Spaniard Seve Ballesteros. Olathebal who was also vice-captain in 2008, 2010 and 2014, joins Thomas Bjorn, Eduardo Molinari and Nicholas Kolserts in Donald's backroom team. The two-time Masters champion said, With my previous experiences in the Ryder Cup, I am obviously thrilled to be back involved once again. I am really looking forward to, to feeling that special adrenaline flow, the intensity and the electricity that only the Ryder Cup can bring. It was a very nice surprise to be asked by Luke. I didn't expect it, but I was delighted when the call came. I have no doubts that Luke will be a great captain. He has played in the Ryder Cup four times and won four times, and he therefore knows what is required to perform well in the match. Donald, who was sent out first by Olathabal in the Sunday singles at Medina, said, to know he had that respect and confidence in me to go out and lead Europe in such a pressurised, last-day environment meant a lot, and this feels, perhaps, that I am returning that favour a little bit as I have a huge amount of confidence in him. Just his mere presence brings energy to any Ryder Cup environment. And I saw that firsthand when I asked him to be involved in the Hero Cup we staged in Abu Dhabi at the beginning of this year. He was such a big part of that week, being with the players and sharing stories with them of just what the Ryder Cup is all about. People notice when Jose Maria walks into a room and you could see at the Hero Cup how much everyone respected him and admired him for all he's done in the game. I could not be more excited to have him on my team. Report by Martin McMillan Evening Times of Sport August 3 Mark Warburton admits envy over Rangers' budget. Reports by Ewan Peyton Michael Beale has spent the guts of £15 million as he rebuilds his Rangers squad this summer. Not every manager has had such fortune at Ibrooks though. Mark Warburton admits he's a tad jealous of the money made available to Beale as he looks to win the title back from Celtic this season. The Englishman was in charge of the club when they earned promotion from the Championship back to the top flight to complete their journey back from the old 3rd Division. His style of play was admired with his poor 3 3 formation, and he defeated Celtic in a Scottish Cup final. Such results led to the belief that Rangers could mount a challenge for the league, even if it was their first season back. Of course, that could not have panned out to be further from the truth as Warburton ultimately lost his job and the club finished third behind Celtic and Aberdeen. He revealed that Scott Brown's salary was worth more than his entire Rangers midfield. Warburton insists things were different back then but he's delighted his old club is now in a position to seriously take on Celtic for the major honours in Scotland. He told the Scottish Sun, I don't want this in any way being construed as bitter and twisted. It's not me feeling that way. It really isn't. But of course, it would have been nice to have had the same budget as Michael when I was faced with challenging Brendan Celtic. I wouldn't have been going for free transfers, and modestly priced players. The circumstances were far different in 2016. We were nowhere near it in terms of a title. It was too soon. I walked out for the first game at Ibrooks, and there it was, going for 55. My heart sank. Everyone looked at the signing of Joey Barton and presumed the budget was there. But let me tell you, I had players on 5,000 a week, 4,000 a week, 3,000 a week, 2,500 a week. Our midfield was still a fraction of Scott Brown's salary. It was a very uneven playing field then, although I still had Kenny Miller and Lee Wallace who, at their best, would fit into any squad. But it was the spread of the quality across the squad compared with Celtic. Now it's a different ball game. Rangers have experience and quality all over. They have depth in every position and will be able to deal with the added challenge of European football and injuries. I am delighted Rangers are better placed to have a go at it. It's in much better shape and Ibrox is packed out every other week. The absolute truth is, I'm just delighted they're being given a chance. Whether it was Stephen Gerrard and now it's Michael, I want Rangers to be successful. Report by Ewan Peyton Evening Times Sport August 4 Kyogo vows to repay love by shooting Celtic to title glory. Report by Mark Walker Kyogo Furuhashi has vowed to repay the love he has received at Celtic by scoring more goals to shoot them to another title after signing his new deal. Last season's Player of the Year signed a new four-year deal with the champions last month after reported interest from his former boss Ange Postikoglu at Tottenham. He netted 34 goals in 50 games last season and in an interview in a Japanese magazine, he explained why he decided to stay in Glasgow. He said, the good thing about Celtic is that the people are really warm. They accept us, Japanese people from a foreign country. Even if you are driving, you will be greeted with a horn from another car. There was a time in a cafe when the guy who was supposed to be working stopped serving a customer so he could get a picture with me. It makes me happy when I get approached. And if the people who approach me smile and it makes them happy, then it makes me even happier. The stadiums are all frenetic. Everyone from children to the elderly will support you with a tremendous amount of passion. I am grateful that the club needed me enough to sign a new contract. I'm glad that my hard work was appreciated. But I couldn't have done it alone, so I can only thank the people around me who really supported me. Now we will try and win the title again, and I want to help by scoring as many goals as possible. In order to do that, I have to focus more strictly on myself, because I can only repay the club and the people around me through football. But Furuhashi was less forthcoming when he was directly asked if he ever considered leaving the club amid the reported interest. He said, I cannot go into too much detail, I'm sorry. Report by Mark Walker Evening Times Sport August 4 McInnes sets Rangers and Celtic challenge for Kilmarnock Report by Ewan Payton Derek McInnes is hopeful his Kilmarnock side can get a better crack against both Rangers and Celtic this season. Last term, in Killy's first campaign back in the top flight, the old firm were the only teams McInnes' side failed to take points from. Rangers come to town tomorrow evening for their Premiership opener. The game kicks off at 5.15pm and will be broadcast live on Sky Sports. The last time Michael Beale and his players visited, they ran out 3-2 winners. Although the scoreline was tight, it was a fairly comfortable evening in the end for the light blues, after Danny Armstrong's red card. Both Killy and Rangers have new-look squads heading into the 23-24 season, and McInnes is confident his team will be better equipped for the challenge of facing one of Glasgow's Big Two. Said McInnes, We beat every team in the Premier League last season, except for Rangers and Celtic. It shows we are capable on the day against other teams. Of course, we'd like to win more, and we've still got to prove to ourselves that we've got a performance in us that means we can have a better wrestle with Rangers and Celtic. We lost 3-2 here to Rangers in a game when we were well in it, even when Danny got sent off. We gave ourselves a chance. Other than that and the League Cup against Celtic, we never really gave any kind of real indication we were going to win the game. It is a test for us. You have to do so much right. I anticipate a tough game on Saturday, similar to ourselves, Michael has brought a lot of players in, a lot of players will be playing in Scottish football for the first time. I have used the last few days to get a better handle on the new signings. A lot of them were unfamiliar to me and my staff, so we've tried to get a better handle on them. Obviously there has been a slight change in formation, there's certainly more emphasis on attack in terms of options in the forward areas. I think they've also brought a bit of physicality to the team. The players signed all look like they can deal with the rigours of Scottish football. There are similarities in terms of the number of signings, and still trying to really know our players. But what we can say for certain is that it will be a brilliant atmosphere. It will be blood and thunder at times, Scottish football, the first game of the season, we need to make it that way. As I said, we need to show the assurance, the confidence and the personality to deal with the game. Hopefully, we can give a better account of ourselves against the old firm this season. Kilmarnock have another difficult start this August, much like they did last year. They will face both of the old firm in the opening weeks, although the game against Celtic is a League Cup tie. Nobody expects Kelly to get a positive result against Rangers, but if they were to cause an upset, it could give them real momentum in the early stages of the campaign. McInnes added, I think you can take a lot of confidence from a winning performance or a strong performance against the old firm. You're never going to be able to bridge the gap financially, but over 90 plus minutes, you have got to demonstrate an ability to make it as challenging for them as possible. At the same time, you've got to take part in the game. Getting the balance right between attack and defending is always crucial. They will dominate the ball, but we're at home. And it's important our supporters try and see a different Kilmarnock against them this season. We've brought a host of players in. I feel we've got a bit more experience, even though a lot of the lads are playing in Scottish football for the first time. I still think there is a level of player and experience that can hopefully deal with these games better. We had a lot of young loans last season that were maybe a wee bit green, for want of a better word, for going into these fixtures in the early part of the season. We had a tough start last season. This season we've got Rangers, Hearts, Celtic, Motherwell away. So it's a challenging start. But I'm hoping we can come through these games. And if you can get positive results in fixtures like this, it sets you up nicely in terms of confidence. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport August 4 Rangers Champions League burden can help Celtic Report by Ewan Payton Chris Sutton believes Celtic could strike an early advantage in the title race because of the burden Rangers face with Champions League qualifiers. If the Ibrox club are to join the Scottish champions in the group stages of UEFA's elite competition, then they will need to come through four games over the coming month. It comes as the domestic season gets underway tomorrow, with the Hoops hosting Ross County and Rangers making the short journey to Kilmarnock. Michael Beale's side will then face Servette in the third qualifying round of the Champions League next week, with the return leg happening a week later, in between another premiership game against Livingston. Should the Light Blues take care of Servette, they will then progress into the playoff round, where they will be 180 minutes away from the groups. They defeated PSV at this stage last year. Rangers have invested heavily into the first team squad this summer, backing Beale with £15 million as they try to wrestle the title back from Celtic. But Sutton believes the crown will be returning to Parkhead under the stewardship of Brendan Rogers, and he reckons his former club could steal a march over their arch-rivals as they have no other games to contend with in the opening stages of the campaign. He told Sky Sports, It's very different for Brendan Rogers this time around in terms of the team he's taken over. He's taken over a treble winning team. I don't think anybody would argue that Brendan is not a good appointment, and he's come back with a point to prove. Is Brendan a good coach? Absolutely. Is he taking over a good team? Yes, albeit he's a player down, and the standards of Posticoglu were so high. We know Glasgow is unforgiving and there can only be one winner, so it's going to be a really interesting season. The most important thing is Celtic start strongly, as they do not have the burden of the Champions League qualifiers, while Rangers do. Sutton was speaking as part of his 23-24 season predictions. Fellow pundit Chris Boyd also provided his thoughts. Understandably, Sutton plopped for Celtic to finish first, And Boyd went for Rangers. Boyd said, Rangers won the last Old Firm game of last season and they need to find a way to start winning these meetings on a regular basis to go and challenge for trophies. Rangers have been playing second fiddle to Celtic for a number of years and they need to rectify that quickly as when you're not winning big games and not delivering trophies, it can become an issue. The club have backed Michael Beale in the summer, and they'll need to deliver. The fixtures have been kind to Rangers at the start of the season, and it gives them an opportunity. If they can go on to win the games up until that old firm game, then you're able to beat Celtic at home. Then you never know. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport August 4 Rugby France name experimental side for Scotland Clash report by David Barnes France will field an experimental side against Scotland tomorrow with head coach Fabian Galthy selecting three debutants in his starting 15. 20 year olds Emilien Gailleton of Po, and Louis Biel. Biary of Bordeaux, will line up at centre and on the wing respectively, while La Rochelle powerhouse Paul Boudyhen earns his first cap in the back row. Bryce Doolin will captain the side from full back on his first appearance for Les Bleus since the 2021 Six Nations. Several figures expected to form the spine of France's World Cup campaign in the autumn, have been given this weekend off, including captain and scrum half Antoine Dupont, stand-off Romain Ntamat and number 8 Gregory Aldrit. However, it is not a completely new-look team, with the likes of Mato Jaliber, Yoram Moefana and Ethan Dumortier all featuring regularly in the match day 23 during the last Six Nations. In the pack, loose-head prop Jean-Baptiste Gourault and second-row Cameron voki had some experience after recovering from injuries which curtailed their Six Nations involvement. Report by David Barnes. Evening Times Sport August 4 Doctor Couple gear up to compete in World Championships, report by Craig Williams. Husband and wife doctors at a hospital in Clyde Bank are taking on a different challenge as they gear up to compete for Team GB at the UCI Cycling World Championships. The contest is being held in Scotland over the next 10 days and top cyclist Donna Clayton a specialist anaesthetist and orthopaedic surgeon Jason Roberts will compete in races for the 50 to 55 ages category. Dr Clayton qualified for the championships after finishing the Tour of Cambridgeshire Road Race event in June to claim the Great British Crown. Dr Roberts also finished 6th in the same age category at the Peterborough event assuring his qualification for the road race championship later. On Monday, Dr. Roberts will compete in the men's time trial championship in Dundee. The couple both work at the Golden Jubilee University National Hospital in Clydebank and met in the late 1980s while studying at university in Leicester. Dr. Roberts said, It's really special to be involved in this event especially as it's the first of its kind. We will be representing our country wearing the GB kit and that we are both competing in the sport that we love. I think Dr Clayton has a better chance than I have of finishing with a medal, being the British champion, and we'll both be trying very hard to compete well in our races. I went to study at Leicester because they had such a great cycling program, as I was already competing at quite a high level back then, and I was lucky enough to meet Donna there when she was training as an anaesthetist. It's really special to be involved in this event, especially as it's the first of its kind. We'll be representing our country wearing the GB kit, and that we are both competing in the sport that we love. These championships will be the first time the UCI has run all the different cycling specialities in the one event, and it is being billed as the biggest cycling event ever, with Scotland as the first host. NHS Golden Jubilee Chief Executive Gordon James said, It is absolutely fantastic to see Donna and Jason competing in these world championships. It just highlights how talented they are, not just in our theatres and clinics treating and caring for our patients, but through their cycling, which I know they are so passionate about. Everyone here at Team Jubilee will be rooting for them and we wish them and all the competitors well in what promises to be a thrilling event for the whole of Scotland. Report by Craig Williams. Evening Times Sport. August 4. Tavarney in Rangers Hope that it rains. Report by Ewan Peyton. James Tavarney has joked he hopes it rains as Rangers take on Kilmarnock at Rugby Park this weekend. Michael Beale's side make the short journey down the M77 tomorrow for their Premiership opener against Kille, with the game kicking off at 5.15pm at Rugby Park, with the Sky Sports cameras there to cover the match. The Light Blues recorded a 3-2 win over Killy on their only trip to Ayrshire last season, but in recent years, dating back to Steve Clark and beyond, Rangers have endured a fairly poor record there. Of course, as has been well documented for numerous seasons now, Killey have a plastic pitch, along with Livingston. It is no secret that opposition teams do not enjoy playing on it when they visit, although some players and managers have certainly used it as a scapegoat to mask their own deficiencies over the years. Tavarni refused to use it as an excuse for any potential poor performance on Saturday evening, but he did quip that he'd like the weather to be on Rangers' side in order to make the surface more zippy rather than sticky. And he said, When you start pre-season, you want the new season to start as fast as possible. It's only around the corner now. We can't wait to go down to Kilmarnock and get the job done. It doesn't matter how you win. We know it's going to be a tough opposition on a tough pitch with the Astro. Hopefully it rains the day. We know it's going to be tough, but we're going to do everything possible to come back with the three points. Report by Ewan Payton Evening Times Sport August 7th Butland will not panic after Rangers' false start. Report by Chris Jack As those in the stands lost their heads, Jack Butland maintained his cool. Amid the whirlwind of emotions, he will keep calm and carry on. The immediate aftermath of the defeat to Kilmarnock on Saturday was raw for Rangers. But it was a time for Butlin to assess where it went wrong and where Michael Beale's side are heading. In time, the full ramifications will become clearer. Rangers are already three points adrift in the premiership title race and the optimism built over the course of a significant summer has been eroded amongst the support that demanded and expected better at Rugby Park. Valid concerns were raised regarding a performance and a result that has increased the pressure on the Ivory squad after just 90 minutes of the term. No panic buttons were pushed, however. And Butlin said, No, absolutely not. Like I said, it is still in our control. We have still got to play them four times. It is not going to be plain sailing for them either. And that is how we have got to look at it. Nothing is won or lost at this point. We are confident with what we have got in the building. Performance-wise, we were lacking a little bit and could have been more clinical in the final third. Teams against us are going to make it difficult. There is no getting away from that. If people did not realise that before, they know now. It is going to be tough for us because playing against Rangers is a cup final for everybody. You can see that with the way that they reacted and the way the fans reacted for them. We know what it is about. We are not happy going home, but we have got to focus on Wednesday and get that first win of the season and we go from there. Butland was one of the summer arrivals that made his competitive debut against Killy. The failure to keep a clean sheet was not his fault, and he fared the better overall than some of his fellow signings. It will take time for Beale's side to get up to speed, but they were deservedly beaten by an Ayrshire outfit that has gone their own extensive rebuild under the guidance of Derek McInnes in recent weeks. Yes and no, Butlin said when asked about Rangers still being a work in progress. But like I said, we are not looking for excuses. There is nothing to blame. We are here in the building. We believe in what we have got. I think you can see that in the way the fans reacted after the game. There's huge expectation because of the excitement around what we have done in the summer and the players that are in, and those that remain, from last year. It is an exciting team for the club. We believe that. We are excited about that. And rightly so, the fans are disappointed, because they feel the same. For us, nothing changes. We take it a game at a time. And we look forward to Wednesday now, and get over this as quickly as possible. That next fixture carries huge significance for Rangers in both football and financial terms as they return to the European arena. The visit of Servette was always going to be a tough challenge. Events at the weekend have only served to heighten the senses of a support that will want to see an immediate reaction. And Butland said, I do not necessarily think it was a wake-up call. It is just an understanding that these games will be tough. These teams are not going to make it easy for us. I don't think there were any illusions of that. And uh, we came here and expected to turn teams over. It is tough at times, but we bury it. Look forward to Wednesday and getting a win. And then we go back to Ibrox at the weekend and look to get our first league win of the season. It is as simple as that. Report by Chris Jack Evening Times Sport August 7 Kilmarnock set standard after Rangers' victory. Report by Chris Jack Robbie Diaz reckons Kilmarnock have set the standard for their season after the stunning win over Rangers at Rugby Park. The hopes were well worth the three points as Michael Beale's new-look side saw their Premiership title bid get off to a disastrous start on the opening weekend. A Brad Lyons strike midway through the second half was enough as Derek McInnes earned his first Old firm points as Killy boss. It has been an encouraging start to the campaign in Ayrshire as McInnes has recruited well and seen his side make positive strides in recent weeks. And Diaz believes the win over Rangers has now given Kilmarnock a platform to build on amid hopes of a potential challenge for a top six spot this season. Diaz said, To be honest, I think we look comfortable. We defended really well and limited them to very few chances. It comes down to our hard work, what we put into training, and what the manager drills into us. It's really pleasing as a defender to play in games like that, defend how we did, and keep a clean sheet. As I said, it sets a standard for us this season, and it's up to us to keep it as high, if not better it. The manager has drilled that into us from the get-go, as soon as I came in the door. He made that clear. It's an exciting time around the club. A really good changing room. And I'm delighted to be here. We have had a hard that pre-season. And if you put the work in, then you reap the rewards. I think we saw that. We've got really good professionals in the team. And a good changing room. There's a group of boys who are willing to work for each other. Which is massive. I think we showed it on Saturday. We've set a bar now and we cannot let that drop. Report by Chris Jack Evening Times Sport August 7 Rangers Director of Football Search Update Report by Chris Jack Rangers will step up their search for a new Director of Football at Ibrox once boss Michael Beale has completed his summer recruitment drive. In the coming weeks. But Chief Executive Officer James Bisgrove admits the Light Blues board could decide to stick with their current structure behind the scenes following the departure of Ross Wilson in April. Wilson left his position as Sporting Director to take up a post with Nottingham Forest and Rangers have spent recent months considering their options as sweeping changes have been made in the boardroom and the dressing room. Beale has overseen the rebuilding of the Ibrox squad alongside Bisgro and chairman John Bennett, as the lack of a conduit between the money men and management team has not proven to be an issue during the close season. And the Light Blues hierarchy will continue to assess the situation after speaking to a handful of candidates regarding a potential move to Ibrox. Biskarow said, The priority in the last couple of months has been the transfer window and the work that we have been doing in the window. We have been working really closely, myself, the chairman, the manager, and we have got John Park, who is our chief scout, and that team have been really focused on the finite amount of time we have had to deliver the window. Once we get through that, we will catch our breath and start looking at some of the other decisions in terms of club appointments. We have met different individuals, individuals with great experience. Some are UK based. Some have more international experience. As I said, Given the focus that we have had on the summer transfer window, we decided that is where we needed to take decisions for now. And then we will revisit that at the right time. Yes, it is a possibility that we could stick with the current structure. It is a possibility. We will meet as a board in early September, just before the Celtic game. And we will discuss that as a potential scenario aligned to some of the candidates that we have met. Report by Chris Jack Evening Times Sport August 7 Rangers potential Champions League playoff opponents Report by David Irvin Rangers will face the winners of PSV Eindhoven or Sturm Graz in the Champions League playoff round if they overcome Servette. Michael Beale's Iber Side begin their quest to qualify for the group stages this week with the first leg of their third qualifying round clash against the Swiss club. Should Rangers triumph then they will advance to the playoff round, which is the final qualification hurdle before making the group stages. Rangers were seeded in the draw for the playoff round and have been drawn against the winners of the match between Eindhoven and Storm Gris, again if they beat Servette. Rangers will have the first leg at Ibooks should they qualify, having been drawn first. The playoff round first leg fixture will be played on August 22 or 23. The return leg will take place the following week on 29th or 30th of August. Report by David Irvin.
0: That concludes this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels, at Cure Review, and to tell your friends about our service.